I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast here with me, Dr. Janelle Anderson, where it is my job to share with you the latest and best ideas on workplace dynamics, communication, and leadership, delivering actionable tips and techniques that you can use at work today. If you caught last week's episode, we were talking about the hybrid work environment. And in fact, Jason Hunt from I-Squared Leadership interviewed me on my own podcast about some of the challenges that organizations are facing as they head back into the workplace and utilize some form of distributed, dispersed, or often referred to as hybrid work arrangement, where you've got some people working from home on any given day and some people working in the office on any given day. And today I'm going to take that conversation a step further. And we're talking about challenges that employees will face during the hybrid work transition. And these are questions that I've received over and over and over from employees as they both go through some of these challenges for those who are already back in the workplace doing some form of hybrid work schedule or those who are preparing to do so and anticipating what challenges they might expect. Now, you're also going to want to catch next week's episode because next week I'm taking on some of the same ideas in terms of challenges, but this time the challenges that managers face around hybrid work and hybrid work arrangements. So today's episode titled, Dude, Where's My Cube? starts with this question. Ah, where's my cube? I don't like hoteling or dropping down or whatever it is they're calling it. Why? Why do we have to do it this way? And how can I survive it? That is the question, my friends. So as we look at where's my cube and the process of hoteling, which is what some organizations call it, some also call it dropping in or dropping down, and some are even calling it checkerboarding, where they are leaving every other cubicle or desk empty so that they are able to position employees a safe social distance from one another for fighting the spread of COVID. And as we've learned, uh, just about every other virus, if we keep uh, masked up and distance from one another, we don't get sick as often. Uh, so wh- why are they doing this and how can I survive it is a question I get asked a lot. And the why just comes back to public health safety. As we look at what organizational space has evolved into over the last couple of decades, you will probably know that the cubicle size has shrunk smaller and smaller and smaller. And if you're in a technical role, you've moved to a more collaborative workspace where the cubicle walls have even disappeared. And so both of those things are making it more and more likely that we would spread, whether it's a COVID virus, one of its variants, or something else. So the why really is about public health. And one of the things that you can do to help survive it is to put 
clear focus on that why and remember that it is for purposes of public health and that we don't want this virus or anything else to threaten people's health. So focusing on that can really help put some clarity around the why and just simply coming to terms with with the why, because just because that's how it's going to be, at least for the foreseeable future. And then, of course, there's some upside, too, because if you like working from home, you get to do that some of the time. And if you really like being in the office, you get to do that some of the time. So it's better than only working at home if you'd rather be in the office or only working in the office if you'd rather be at home. So you're getting some of each. Now, how can you survive it? Well, there are some specific things that we want to look at. What is it that you miss about having your own desk? Was it that you put up pictures or artwork that your children drew or things that made it cozy and comfortable? In which case, if that's, if that's it for you, then we want to find some analogous things that you can do. You can customize the home screen on your laptop. You can put stickers on your laptop or your laptop bag, computer bag, the things that you bring in with you. So some of those creature comforts that maybe you had adorning your space, you're now going to use on your actual devices and the things that you carry around with you. If one of the things that you loved was that you got to sit near people that were your work friends who quite frankly, in many cases, became your real friends, make sure you're finding other ways to connect with them because their schedule might not be on, they might not be in the office on the same day as you, your schedules might not match, or the place that they are either assigned to work or that they dropped down on or hoteled on maybe isn't near you anymore or isn't as near as you wanted to be. So make sure that you're finding opportunities to connect with them. Sometimes those connections may need to be electronically, especially if you're not working on the same days as they are. Make sure you're taking coffee breaks together and doing that over Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever platform your organization uses. Or perhaps you are meeting outside of work. Again, if your work friend has become your real friend, then making an effort to get together outside of work in, of course, a healthy and socially distanced way. Or if you're vaccinated, then perhaps being closer together in proximity. Another thing that you can do to survive the hoteling or dropping down or checkerboarding is focusing on what does work. What do you like? So for example, when you look at coming into the office, maybe there's your favorite coffee shop that you hadn't stopped at for 16 months. And now you can stop at that. Even though the actual workplace looks a little bit different, you still get to stop in at that coffee shop and get your favorite cappuccino or your favorite muffin or whatever. Um, maybe there's something else about your office environment that you like that's actually on premises. Maybe you are on a campus that has nice walking paths or that you can go for a walk with a colleague or have lunch with a colleague. So maybe it's something like that that does work. And when we can focus on the positive, it can really help offset the things that we don't like. So you know, being in a, maybe it's a different desk every day, or maybe it is not being able to put any of your personal accompaniments, accoutrements, whatever you might want to call them on your desk space, because somebody else is using that desk. And one final way I'll give you to think about surviving it is to better it. So yes, granted, you don't like it. It's not ideal. It's not optimal. You don't love it. But what could you do to make it 1% better each day. So maybe, yeah, you don't like the spot that you're in, but could you listen to some music while you work? Or could you 
again, bring that delicious cup of coffee in with you each day or, um, you know, just some small thing and just don't try to overhaul it overnight. Just think about how can I make working in the office 1% better today, knowing that I don't particularly like where I sit. So those are some ideas on, dude, where's my cube? All right. The second question that I get a lot is this. My rhythm is off. When my schedule changes from one day to the next, I'm so discombobulated from what time I wake up to packing a lunch or not packing a lunch, from what to wear, from the waist up, or if I have to dress head to toe, how can I get a handle on my schedule? And this is a legitimate question, my friends. And this one bears some time to sort out. So what I am recommending people do is that they make, they very intentionally make a schedule. And I want you to work it backwards. So if you, if you followed my work for any length of time, you know that I love to reverse engineer things. So let's say that it is your intention to be online at work, whether that is in the building or working from home at eight o'clock every day. That's your, let's say eight o'clock is your start time. Whether you've determined that start time for yourself or whether your organization has dictated that to you, we're going to start with eight o'clock and then work it backwards and do it one environment at a time. So let's take your homework environment. So what do you need to do right before eight o'clock? Well, you need to fire up your laptop. You're firing up your laptop at about 7.55. Okay, what needs to happen before that? And what needs to happen before that? And so on. So that you work it back to, let's say on those work from home mornings, you're getting in some exercise, a walk in your neighborhood or a run or a ride on your Peloton or whatever it is. And you work backwards from the time that you are going to log in and start work to everything else that needs to get done before that happens. And you realize you need to set your alarm at six because you are creating a bunch of me time in the morning before work. And there's nothing wrong with that, my friends. I do it myself. Nothing wrong with that. Then take a look at the days that you're going into the office. And again, we're going to reverse engineer it. So let's say you've got, you, you know, you again, you want to start work at eight o'clock. That means being in your workspace at 7.55 in order to turn on your laptop. Well, maybe you have a 10 minute walk from the parking ramp into the building. And now we're at 7.45. And then let's say you've got anywhere from, you know, your commute is on average 20 minutes, but some days it's 40. So you're going to split the difference and call it 30. And you continue to work it back like that. Now you might say, you might find that, oh my gosh, now that we've added the commute back in, and actually, you know, showering from head to toe and all the additional full-on personal hygiene routine, it means you need to get up at four in the morning in order to do all the me time and everything else. Well, maybe you're going to say, I don't get to do as much me time in the morning, or I'm going to do some of that me time after work. I'll hop on the Peloton after work, or I'll take the dog for a walk after work, after I get home. And maybe you'll shuffle it around. When you work it backwards, I would love it if you could get to a point where you wake up at the same time every day. This will create that internal biological rhythm to be steady. Even though the activities that you're going to do from the time that you wake up until 7.55 when you turn that computer on may be different, or maybe on the days when you need to commute, you have an abbreviated version of whatever it is you're doing on the days when you're working from home and don't have the commute. So let's say if you ride a Peloton, maybe on those commuting days, you take a 20 minute ride on your Peloton and do one of the short ones. And on the work from home days, you've maybe got time for a 45 minute or a 60 minute ride. And so we're working it backwards to get in all the things you need to get in. And again, if it's something like packing a lunch, well, if that's throwing your morning routine off, can you do that 
in the evening so that that lunch is ready to go for you in the fridge on those days when you are gearing up to do the commute and go into the office. Again, I want you to get it back to a place where you're waking up at the same time every day because that will at least keep your circadian rhythm, your body's clock in sync from one day to the next. And that will help you ride the other bits of rhythm a bit easier than if you're getting up 90 minutes earlier one day because you have a commute versus other days. So that is my advice for if your rhythm is off. And and if you haven't gone back to a hybrid schedule yet, but you are anticipating it, my friends, I would work this in advance so that you're not caught in this rhythm being out of sync and off kilter right out of the gate when you start back into the office a couple of days a week. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. All right, question number three. I'm not scheduled to be in the office on the same days as my work BFF. Do you think this is intentional? Did my boss stack the schedule against us? And what can I do about it? Because I miss my friend. All right. This happens because our coworkers become our work friends, become our real friends. And for some of us, it's a luxury. It's not always the case, but when it is the case, you, in fact, you may have a BFF, a work BFF who isn't scheduled to be in the office on the same days as you. Now, do I think it's intentional? Well, that's going to vary a lot by circumstances. If you and your work BFF spend a lot of time chatting with each other, not getting work done, and in addition to that, bothering other people, even unintentionally bothering other people while they're they're trying to get their work done, then there is some chance that maybe it is intentional. And what I would suggest that you do is, if that is the case for you, that you go and have a, perhaps a difficult conversation, but a conversation nonetheless with your boss so that you can find out if indeed that was intentional, what was it that you were doing, you and your work BFF, you know, that was in fact getting in the way of work getting done. And it, again, if that was the case, find out what the source of it was so that you and your work BFF can not do that every day and at work. And that perhaps in when the schedule changes at some point in the future, you can then get into uh, a schedule that is a bit more in sync. So that would be a, a couple of things that you could do. I might also suggest that Uh, If you haven't done so already, you could listen to another episode of this podcast. We'll link up this episode in the show notes, but you could listen to episode eight of this podcast that's at working conversations forward slash eight to get a refresher course on how to have those difficult conversations. In that episode, we talked about holding difficult conversations remotely 
you could use those same steps either remotely or in person and have that conversation with your supervisor so that you can find out if indeed there is something intentional about you and your work BFF being separated from one another so that you can move through it and get back to potentially being in sync on your schedule at least a day or two here and there. One more thing that you can do about it if you are missing your work BFF is to make sure that you find time to spend together. Make sure that you are getting together outside of work. If this person truly has become a friend, make the time to keep the relationship strong. And so that might look like getting together after work. That might look like doing uh, coffee breaks together. There are uh, many, many different ways that you can go about it. And again, if it is a true BFF, then making the time to get together on the weekends and share your lives together in the way that friends do. And then it's not going to be a sacrifice on your relationship with your friend that you're not working the same days. Okay, question number four that I often get goes something like this. I didn't get to pick my schedule for the days of the week that I'm in the office versus the days I'm working from home. But my friends at other companies did get to choose. What gives? Well, my advice here is that it needs to be the organization's needs and your customers' needs that drive the schedule. So if you are doing certain things that need to happen certain days of the week or in a certain rhythm, then it is likely that your manager made that schedule because of those needs. Now, organizations are varying widely in terms of letting employees choose which days to be in the office versus which days to be from home. And it is turning out to be the case that some of those places that started with a very wide open policy are actually tightening things up a bit because it just wasn't working in terms of meeting the needs of the organization or the needs of their customers. So if you didn't get to pick your schedule, you know, I, I would say, don't worry about it. Your Maybe your colleagues at other companies had other organizational needs or their customers had different needs. And I just, again, I really wouldn't worry too much about it and just keep your focus on the work that you're doing and finding a rhythm and, and so forth. Uh, number five, the fifth question I often get is, you know, I really don't like working from home, but so many of my friends and colleagues do. They love it. What can I do to hate it less on the days that I have to work from home? Well, on those days that you have to work from home, and oftentimes when people are uh, don't like working from home, it's for one of two reasons, and, and they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum. One is it is too quiet at home and they really miss their work friends. Or the other end of the spectrum is oftentimes it is too, whether it is noisy or distracting in their home environment, and they're having a hard time getting work done. So let's address it from both of those angles. Um, if it is that you're missing the social interaction with other people, make sure you are staying engaged with your colleagues through Microsoft Teams and Zoom and the phone and all the other opportunities that you do have to engage with them. Sometimes it's even just chatting, you know, sending those Slack messages or Microsoft Teams messages just to stay engaged and kind of keep connected because that disconnectedness can really get to us. So staying connected if it is that you're missing the social interaction. And then also finding opportunities for social interaction outside of work so that you're talking to your neighbors after work or maybe going on a walk with a friend in your neighborhood in the morning, those kinds of things, making sure you're getting plenty of social interaction if it is the social interaction that you're missing. 
Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum. And if you don't like working from home because it's distracting for you, whether that be because there are children or pets, or sometimes, I don't know, this doesn't happen for me. The laundry never, never, never gets my best attention, but some people can't uh, stop cleaning their kitchen or putting in a load of laundry or whatever. I believe me, when it comes to the housework, I can totally give that up. But there are other things that attract my attention. Taking the dog on excessive walks and so forth might uh, be vying for my attention and keeping my focus off of my work. So if there are things, though, that are uh, vying for your attention, attention and keeping your focus elsewhere, do your best to really limit your exposure to those. So if it's your kids and you have a door that closes, close that door and put a schedule on it. Let your kids know which hours you are available. If it is your furry creatures, get them on a schedule so that they know when they're going to get your attention and love or walks or whatever it is from you. And, you know, set some boundaries around it. And it might not necessarily be easy. Uh, You might also have to, if you are the person who wants to put in the load of laundry or mow the lawn or any of those things during the workday, you may need to really fight those urges. And so the first thing is just being aware of it, being aware that you're going to have an urge to go on a walk or put in a load of laundry or again, doing whatever that thing is that's distracting. And then you could play a little game with yourself. You could put together, you know, a little urge jar. Every time you uh, hold off on the urge and you don't give into it, you get to give yourself uh, 25 cents or a dollar. And then you're going to eventually have a little bit of money to spend, you know, to show and, and treat yourself for not giving into those urges. So those are a couple of ideas about if you don't like working from home. Now, I also get the opposite question. I really don't like working from the office. I don't want to go back into the office. And some people love it. Some people just love being in the office. What can I do to warm up to the idea of going in a couple of days a week because I'm going to have to? So again, we want to go back to what are some of the things that you really do like about working from the office? And it could be that you like stopping for your cup of coffee at your favorite coffee shop. It could be that you like catching up on sports scores with another buddy from the office who is a sports buff like you, in which case make a point to do that. Whatever it is about the office, again, if there is a walking path or the, you know, cafeteria serves a particular food that you like, splurging on that, indulging in that, finding the things that you really actually do like in the office and focusing your attention on those things, not the, oh God, I don't want to go in. If you have that overbearing idea about not wanting to go in, then guess what? You're really not going to like your day. Find and, and really attach to a couple of things that really aren't quite so bad about going into the office a couple of days a week and put your focus on those because then you're at least going to enjoy those things and you're going to remember to do those things like have some small talk with a work friend or grab that cup of coffee at the great place on the way into work or listening to a podcast like this one on your commute or your bus ride. So there's plenty of things when you look at the the details and you might have to look at some of the absolute minutia about going into work in the office. Maybe you do like taking a head to toe shower and putting on clean clothes from top to bottom and wearing some more of your professional clothes instead of that, you know, same three days, same three outfits you've been wearing ever since the pandemic started. So find even those little treasures, putting on a piece of jewelry, something like that, that will ignite your enthusiasm for going into the office. Question number seven, and I've been getting this one increasingly 
I started this job during the pandemic and I've only ever been to the office to pick up my computer the very day I started. They don't even know where the bathroom is and I'm nervous about going into the office. What will make it easier? Well, for those of you who have struck up relationships, work relationships, and created work friends that you've never met in person, be easy on yourself. Give yourself some compassion. And just know that some people maybe won't interact with you in the same way in person that they will online. Some might be a little cold in person. And don't take that personally. That could be health-related. It could be public health risk-related. It could be any number of things. Um, Sometimes people are far more chatty online than they are in person and vice versa. So have some compassion for yourself and then take it easy, take it slow. And you can also be ready to remind people, hey, I never worked in this space before. I don't know where the bathroom is. I don't know where the cafeteria is. I need, you know, I need the grand tour, like the tour that they would have given you on the first day had you been co-located on that first day. So just take it easy on yourself. Give yourself some space and some grace and some self-compassion because it is going to be a little bit challenging, but it doesn't have to be horrible. And you don't have to be super anxious or nervous about it. Just know that there's a lot of other people in the same situation. And if you can have a little self-deprecating humor or um, just, you know, take it lightly. Don't, don't make it something larger than it is. All right. And my final question for you today is this one. And this one's a little bit more nuanced. Uh, question number eight. One of my coworkers and I don't get along. The silver lining in COVID for me has been that I haven't needed to interact with them much at all while working from home. Oh, I'm anxious about having to see them again. My work has been so much more peaceful without them around. Now, whether it is the case of passive aggressive behavior, bullying, or any sort of thing where you and your coworker haven't gotten along and it has made it easier to work from home, I would encourage you to try to keep that physical distance if you can. So there is no reason that you need to go out of your way to uh, say hello. Now, I don't want you to be hostile or anything like that, but if you have managed a professional balance of keeping that space in a work from home environment, you know, again, kind of keep your distance, but you can also take on the idea that that space, that physical space that has been between you for this long has been a space of healing. And maybe you and your coworker are ready to put it to rest. And so you might take on an aura of positive intent and simple friendliness, just a simple smile and a good morning with no hidden agenda and no expectation that a fast friendship will re- will ever come of it or anything like that. So just again, uh, maybe a bit similar to the answer to the previous question, do give yourself some space and some grace and some compassion. And also, you know, in addition to giving yourself that, Give them that, give them that space and grace and compassion and consider that maybe some healing has happened for both of you in this space and that you don't necessarily need to be best buds, but that you can be professional and that whatever it was that was in the way before, you've had plenty of time to heal and get over it. And if there was a specific thing that happened that caused the rift between you and your coworker, 
and you do want to heal that relationship, then you may actually want to have a conversation with them and say, hey, such and such happened a couple of years ago or months ago or however long ago it was. And I'd really love to put that behind us. I feel like us not being in the office together during COVID really did give both of us an opportunity to um, to move beyond that and see if you can't get some buy-in on that. And again, you can also go back to episode eight and take a look at how to hold those difficult conversations. So there it is, my friends. Those are some of the most common questions that I get about the challenges that employees face in the return to work when they are going to be in a hybrid work environment. Again, stay tuned, my friends, because next week I will be addressing the questions that I get that supervisors and managers have sent my way about the challenges that they face as they think about supervising and managing and leading a hybrid team. So until then, take good care and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.